0: And happy Hump Day, American Flight Conference fans. Yes, it is Wednesday, my dudes, and this is the AAC Daily on BCSNN. It's August 24th, and as always, I'm your host, C. Austin Cox, and I want to thank you for tuning in today because, you know, we got a good one on tap, that is for sure. We're going to be talking to the always entertaining uh, Mr. Mark Narducci here later in the program about uh, all kinds of topics. Uh, He... I, real quick, give you a rundown. Him, he used to cover uh, Temple primary. Well, I don't want to say primarily. He covered everything in Philadelphia, uh, stuff around the New Jersey area. Uh, just covered it all when it came to sports. Now he's just he's covering it all again on a, for a couple different outlets. Uh, looking forward to talking to him. But uh, let's run down some headlines because it's week zero. If you don't know, folks, if you're tuned in for the first time, it's week zero of the uh, show here in season five, and we're kind of you know just getting our, our sea legs back, trying to trying to find our footing, so to speak. And part of that's been our, uh, well, I want to say cadence, but that wouldn't be right. The pacing, I guess the pacing of the yeah, pacing. Is, is that right, Joe? Pa- you know, yeah, pacing. Pacing's right. Um, we we got to get that pacing on the show, which is just everything from how we come in at the top of the program, uh, commercial uh, placement, just when we have our guests on, all kinds of things. And that's what we've, basically we've been doing this past week is uh, doing that I've been well, I've had a lot of homework I don't know about you folks but I've had a lot of homework with uh we got six new schools coming into the conference and uh it was decided this summer we're going to make sure to include them because uh well frankly the the show uh, the goal of course was to make sure that we're ready for this season and going into the next season uh, help the league transition yeah, a couple things with exposure but uh there's a lot there's a lot to learn about those incoming schools and of course we're doing a couple other shows as well. It's just been it's been a wild ride this week with a lot of homework. I mean, I've said that a lot this week too. I've said it's, it's been wild. It's been wild. Uh but let's go ahead and look at headlines. We got uh, oh, some good news. If you're a UCF fan, we got some news about the non-conference schedule for the men's basketball team. I, uh, I actually got to see if we have the uh, if the conference schedules out yet for AAC men's basketball. I didn't doubt we would have that out cuz it's it, I mean, they're not going to tip off till December. If uh, Julian, if you could check on that, please. Um, but looking at this, um, uh, UCF releasing that non-conference schedule highlighted by a trip to the Bahamas, they're going to be appearing in the Baja Mar Classic. Uh, they got 12 non-conference games on tap this season for the Knights with uh, I guess Johnny Dawkins and coming are going to head down to Nassau Bahamas on November 18th to the 20th to compete in that Bahamar Hoops Bahamas Championship could they could they get that title any longer. Uh, they're going to be uh, featured alongside future Big 12 conference foe Oklahoma State, Santa Clara, and DePaul out of the Big East. The black and gold face Oklahoma State on November 18th, and either DePaul or Santa Clara like sorry, I like to say DePaul <laughs> DePaul or Santa Clara on Sunday, November twentieth. The four games of the Bahamas championship will be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. Uh, we'll have the times for that one later. Uh, we're also going to have links. Go ahead and head over to bcsn.com. We'll have links up for uh, things like UCF's non-conference schedule, topics that we cover here on the show, uh, because as I said, it's week zero. We're not going to be able to get to everything, so we've got to supplement, is what we'll call We've got to supplement some of that information for you over there at bcsnn.com on the Best College Sports News Network, Um, but also some more UCF news, uh, Shaquem Griffin uh, retiring uh, the Uh, obviously famous for uh, losing his left hand, how to amputate it when he was about four years old. And still, it's one of the most phenomenal stories. Of course, uh, he was there. He was part of that national championship run. And yes, I will say it, folks, that national championship run for the UCF Knights in the 2017 season. Uh, Again, I believe they beat Auburn. Yeah, it's it's been a while. They beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. And wow, Uh, you know, it was just a great story. Uh, for him, his brother, uh, still, I believe. Uh, of course, I believe his brother's still playing, and yeah, th- oh, thank you. It's up on my monitor now. Yeah, uh, Shaquille is a, he's over with uh, he's with the Jaguars. Wow, and uh, so much going on in the Jaguars right now. Jaguars and, and the uh, Panthers, two NFL teams. I just I got so many questions about this season, but we don't have time for that. It's uh, if you don't, Shaquille, had, he had turned so many heads, and not just because of he had had to have his hand amputated when he was four years old because just it was uh, nerve damage, some a lot of. Uh, damage that happened, I guess, in the womb. And then happened. when he was four years old, they said it's too much pain for him to go through. But it was such a feel-good story, of course, from that, uh, overcoming those obstacles. And I still remember he was at the uh, the combine, NFL Draft Combine, just turning heads, ran like a sub 4-4 in the uh, 40. It, he was he did a great job. He just wanted to see more. Uh, but, I, you know, uh, it's the NFL. It's the highest level. And, you know, uh, getting a play there at all. Is great, but uh, we wish him the best now that he has announced his retirement from the NFL. And uh, the volleyball, this is the big one, folks. The volleyball preseason poll, and I don't know, like Julian laughed at me for that. I was being serious. This is the it's. I, I love preseason polls, folks. So I, I love it because it's nothing but speculation, nothing but maybes. Uh, like this could happen. We don't know, but this is what we what we think might happen. And looking at the women's volleyball poll here, preseason poll, excuse me, coaches poll in the American Athletic Conference, UCF. Favored to win the league, they got all of the first place votes. The uh, Lady Knights, Is it, it's just Knights, right? I'm gonna i am going to look at oh, my goodness, I don't even know that. UCF fans, I apologize. I'm gonna call them citronauts for the rest of the show. Uh, but uh, Houston picked second, uh, pick, excuse me, picked to finish second. It's it really threw me that I, I gotta look that up. Julianne's, if somebody's gotta get that on my monitor, uh, Cincinnati picked to finish third, Wichita State picked to finish fourth, the uh, Shockers actually had a first place vote in the poll, SMU picked to finish fifth, coming at number six, you got Tulsa, Tulane at number seven, Memphis at number eight, followed by East Carolina, South Florida, and Temple rounding out the rest of the field, good luck to all those ladies that they head into this season that uh, I thought was underway, I know soccer's underway but you know what oh no okay thank you but they put it up it's uh september 2nd is when they'll get things started against syracuse uh good luck to ucf in that one for the uh if you i that was the first one they put up on my screen was ucf schedule that they're going to be uh getting things started on september 7th so it looks like women's volleyball still uh finishing up scrimmages and everything around the league but good luck to those ladies they get the season started uh throughout the american athletic conference i'm uh, if you, you can't hear it folks I've got the music in my headphones We obviously got to go to that first break And we're going to come back here We're going to have Mr. Mark Narduccia here On the AAC Daily Don't go anywhere We're back here on the Best College Sports News Network After this <laughs> Welcome back to the AAC Daily here on this beautiful Wednesday. At least, I hope it's beautiful wherever you're listening to us from. And if not, maybe our next guest can brighten up your day. He always makes ours better. He's a good friend of the show over the, these past few years. But let's go ahead and welcome to the show Mr. Mark Narducci. How you doing, sir?
1: Austin, I'm doing great. Good to talk to you. I know how enthusiastic you are coming up for this AAC football season.
0: Absolutely. I mean... You know, with everything that's been going on with the league, of course, and we'll get into this, especially with the league being in flux, it's membership. Uh, you got three teams leaving, six coming in. Uh, there's a lot to, there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to catch up on, too. Uh, real quick, I wanted to get your opinion on this because it's our first week back. we it's week zero, just like the college football season. So as you know, we've been, uh, you know, kicking off the rust. I wanted to get your opinion on the preseason poll just right out of the gate. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, there's a lot of debate. You got Houston, you got Cincinnati, you got UCF. A lot of debate about which of those schools, in your opinion, did they get it right with Houston being picked as a favorite?
1: Well, here's the thing, Austin. I I, I don't know about getting it right because I I did the AAC preseason um, for Lindy's magazine, wow. and I had I had Cincinnati first, Houston second. Um, you could go either way, and I, and I think that the main thing is. In Houston's favor, uh, not only that they have Clayton Toon back at quarterback, but they don't play Cincinnati or UCF in the regular season. That's a a huge advantage, I think. That really is, yeah. I I could see, I could see it going either way, but Cincinnati, we all know they, they lost, you know, Desmond Ritter, they lost quite a bit of people, Sauce Gardner, but they still have a lot back. And, uh, they're not going to relinquish things very easily. So, um, I'm going with the defending champs. I, I know they still haven't picked a quarterback yet. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's going to be interesting. But I think either decision that they make, whether it's Evan Prater or, or Ben Bryan, I, I, think it's, uh, I, I, think they're going to pick a good player. So, um, I'm still high on the
0: Bearcats. Oh, I get that. And you mentioned that quarterback situation over there at Cincinnati with, uh, Prater and Bryan. What a wild story that is! I mean, I, I don't know if you're like me, Mark, but sometimes I enjoy the the periphery uh, aspects of this game it, more than what goes on on the field. And that's been a bit of a just a fun little sopra, opera excuse me, for our listeners who don't know. Uh, Bryant played; he was backup basically for Desmond Ritter for a couple seasons. Takes off, goes into the MAC, has a tremendous uh, showing over there. Comes back, and now, of course, with Evan Prater being a highly touted recruit, it, it's been a battle. That's going to be going to be a good one. But as you mentioned, Houston certainly doesn't have that problem with Clayton Toon. And looking at the Cougs, I want to ask you about Dana Holgerson, because uh, obviously things weren't going the way that he wanted when he left West Virginia. But since he's arrived at Houston, I mean, how would you grade him on an A to F scale? Because, I mean, he's been doing a great job, in my opinion. What do you think, Mark?
1: He has. Remember, he got kind of criticized because he, was, he came in there and he was kind of like red players yeah. and And... Sierra King wasn't playing, and then he left, and so there was there was some initial struggle there. But you know, you, you, look what he did. Look what they did last year. Look at the team they have this year. He's he's got them going in the right in the right spot. And and I'll I'll tell you this, um, Austin. I think that, that UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston in the Big Twelve. And I wrote this um, during for one of my Hero Sports articles. I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to come in and be competitive right away. I'm not saying they're going to win the conference first year or anything like that. But I think those teams are going to be very, very competitive in the Big 12. I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed by things.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we saw a very similar situation when I believe it was TCU and West Virginia went over there. And, you know, West Virginia brought in that high-flying offense that just meshed really well with what they were doing in the Big 12. They were uh, kind of mirroring what was going on in the Big East with those wide-open offenses back then. And uh, TCU, Gary Patterson winning a, uh, a co-championship there in the Big 12, I think it's the second season. So it's certainly possible, and especially if UCF, uh, Houston, and Cincinnati go in playing the way that they have, they won't have too hard of a time transitioning. Uh, you know, Speaking of, of course, we're talking about Dana Holgerson, the coach over there at Houston. Let me ask you about a couple other coaches, because we got only have two new faces. I was really surprised about it. Only two new faces here in the conference this season. Uh, at SMU, of course, replacing Sonny Dykes. And uh, they're in your own backyard with the Temple Owls getting Stan Drayton. Let me start off with uh, Drayton. What do you think of that hire, Mark? Well, I'll tell
1: you, um, here in Philadelphia, you know, I'm from that area, uh, as you know, Austin. Drayton has been getting rave reviews. Nice. Um, they, they wanted somebody who, who had local ties. Now you're saying, how can a guy who's coaching in Texas have local ties? <laughs> well, people forget. He was an assistant coach at Villanova, huh? which is located right outside the city of Philadelphia. And he recruited Brian Westbrook there. And we all know about Brian Westbrook, yeah. how, what a career he had for the Eagles. So so Stan Drayton has always had ties to this area, and they're really working this area hard. And just things just seem to be so upbeat with him and everything now. You know he's got to go out there and win some games, but I'll tell you he's gotten some really rave reviews for how he's organized things. As as the program has become such a downer uh, the last two seasons with Rod Carey.
0: Yeah, I I hate to I hate to think about that, but yeah, things of course did not go. We'll just say they they did not go to plan with Rod Carey, uh, who of course is a good guy. Uh, Sometimes things just don't work out uh, coming over there from NIU. Uh, With Stan Drayton, I I sense that optimism. In fact, I was talking to uh, the I'll Be Back podcast, who uh, covers Temple, uh, the week before we came back on here, and uh, a lot of excitement about him, especially with that run game. You you mentioned uh, Westbrook and, of course, uh, what he did with John Robinson down there in Texas, what he did at Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott, who I've been like a broken record talking about what he's done in terms of uh, run games, so excited to see that back there at Temple. And... Mark, I gotta ask you. I, I think I've asked you this probably, uh, three, three years running. Uh, what's the situation with the stadium? Is there, is there any word there in Philadelphia?
1: Not, not recently often. Um, there are some people that don't, don't think things are dead yet, but, um, they, they have a long way to go, yeah. uh, uh, before anything like that, uh, happens. Um, I, I'm not saying it'll never happen, but uh, gee, I'll be awfully, awfully surprised. Well, you know, yeah, well, awfully
0: surprised. And, and there's a lot of factors at play, as as you well know, and I mean, maybe some of our listeners don't know, that, uh, you know, it's not just about money. Some, I mean, a lot of people will focus on uh, fundraising, and that's certainly a large aspect, but you have to work with, in a situation like Philadelphia, in a situation like where Temple's campus is, and thankfully, you know, Mark pointed out a lot of this to me in the past is you got to work with those neighborhoods. You have to work with the residents. You, there's, a, I mean, there's parking. There's people walking to and from games, a lot of factors at play. And, you know, I, I wanted to get you to, uh, if you don't mind, you know, kind of repeating this one because you had given me an opinion about how the recruits feel when they walk into the link, that it, it actually works in the favor of Temple sometimes when you bring those kids, those players to uh, Lincoln, uh, to, uh, excuse me, to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles field, and they see that huge, all you know, all those seats, the, the jumbotrons. They see that stadium. You know, does that work for them?
1: That that is a big deal, often. It really it really is a big deal when when you're bringing in recruits. The problem is when you're playing in it, and there's sixty nine thousand seats, and you know forty five thousand <laughs> yeah. are, are empty. Then it, then it doesn't have quite the atmosphere, and that's what Temple's big argument for a stadium was. They wanted a smaller stadium uh, you know maybe in the in the thirty thirty five thousand uh, range, and they feel they 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 could fill that up. They feel more people on campus would would go to it if they could just walk to the game. yeah, I, I'm not so sure, but but whatever. <laughs> I, but i I think the finances of it um, I, I just think it's it's a very, very uh, tough situation.
0: Absolutely. And, it's, and you know, listeners have to remember that it's, you know, we hear a lot about the facilities just constantly. You hear about stadiums, on-camp stadiums. You hear about indoor practice facilities. You hear about all these different aspects that go into play when, and because we're going to get into this, we just, we can't help it. We're going to talk about realignment here in just a moment. And that comes into play, the facilities. But um, I believe Miami has played in NFL stadiums. Of course, we have uh, Pitt who plays at, uh, they played at Heinz Field for all those years. Uh, I don't forget what's actually named now, but You know, you see these schools, they can play in NFL State and they can succeed. And hopefully uh, it'll just continue, uh, especially with Stan Drayton there at Temple, things will continue to improve. But um, looking around the rest of the league, Mark, I want to get you one more opinion from you because, you know, look at the conference. We kind of talked about those guys at the top. Everybody knows about UCF. Everybody knows about Houston. Everybody knows, uh, you know, about all those schools. Let me ask you, who do you think is going to be the dark horse this season in the American Athletic Conference? Who could really surprise some people?
1: Well, if you want to say it's Dark Horse, um, I, I'm not saying it's a team that will win the conference, but I, I kind of like East Carolina. Um, they have a quarterback who's been there for like 16 <laughs> years. I think. Uh, they've got Keaton Mitchell, a tremendous running back. I, I think they're, they're going to be able to score. And, and it's, uh, it's interesting, Austin, um, I'm, I'm going to be writing a, a story for Hero Sports about their opening game against NC State. Um, NC State's uh, consensus top uh, 15 team in in the preseason and they're going to Greenville you don't see that often they're actually traveling to Greenville uh, to to play that opening game for both of those teams they have a Heisman uh, candidate and and Devin Leary for NC State so um, you know I I don't know I I, I think it's, it's going to be very interesting but you know Colton Naylor, is a experienced quarterback. I think this team is going to score. just I think defensively uh, how they do on that end. But I, but I think again last year qualified for a bowl for the for the first time since uh, twenty fourteen. I I know you mentioned on your show yesterday about a, a bunch of bowls were canceled. Yeah. Uh, that was one of them uh, when Boston College uh, had some had some COVID issues, so they they weren't able to go to the military bowl, but they they still qualified, and 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 I would be surprised if they didn't qualify uh, this year again as well. So again, I'm not saying they're going to win the conference, but I'm I'm saying that they they could be a very interesting
0: team. Absolutely, Mark Narducci, with a, some great insight because you're talking about a team that uh, wow, just just wow, what Mike Houston has done. In terms of restoring that culture, as you mentioned, not reaching a bowl since 2014 and getting eligible last season, something that I think Pirates fans there in Greenville had become accustomed to. For you know, that was a a program that had built a winning tradition. It's good to see them kind of rebuilding that again. You know, one just I got to ask you about this too, Mark, because this has been a topic that's been dominating the headlines the last few days. I'm sure you've, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about it on the AAC daily and the Big 12 daily, Oregon and the Big Ten. You know, if that happens, let me ask you, you know, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think the next step is if Oregon joins the Big Ten, the next ripple effect?
1: Well, the thing, and I, I listened to your show yesterday about this, Austin. Uh, the, the, you can't just ask that because Oregon <laughs> isn't going to the Big Ten by themselves. Yeah. Um, so, then, who else is going to come with that? Um. I... I think that, you know, maybe if the Pac-12 uh, or the Pac-10 or whatever they're yeah. calling themselves, uh, if they want to survive, I mean, the first place they're going to look, I think it's the Big 12. They're going to have to, in my mind, I think, to be a good conference, expand beyond the West Coast. Yeah. I, I really do. I you know there's talk that they can... They could go to San Diego State, and it's a good program and everything like that. But yeah, it doesn't
0: have the name. Yeah, I I totally get that. Well, let me ask you this: because we are in kind of a situation here, Mark. You mentioned that the Pac-12 might be the one that goes on the, uh, you know, the aggressive or make the aggressive moves here. Um, We're kind of in a situation. We've seen this in the past. um, It's it's not you know necessarily on the surface, but we know what goes on behind the scenes. That ESPN can be a bit of a kingmaker, so to speak. And, you know, you got these two conferences, you got the Pac-12, you got the Big 12. And as you mentioned, yeah, you know, the Pac-12 could, you know, use San Diego State and R2 University as far as research goes. Uh, winning tradition in basketball and football, but they don't have that brand name. They don't have that uh, je ne sais quoi that, that Cal or Stanford brings to the table or that they would want with them. Do you think, you know, looking at the Big 12, Pac-12, absolute fist fight here, Mark, who can come out of that one?
1: I'll be honest with you. I, I think the Big 12 can because I think the Big 12 would be more interested in, like, maybe taking an Arizona State and an Arizona than maybe the maybe the Pac-12 would be of taking an Oklahoma State or, or something like that. Um, so I, I, I just think that Pac-12 is in a really tough situation. And if Oregon leaves, my guess is they would probably – bring washington with them although i i would think that the big 10 would love to have stanford because it oh, fits yeah. them actually the way they want so i i i, I think it's the big 10's going to add at oregon i a lot of people speculate that washington would go with them but i think stanford would be a better fit
0: yeah um, for I, them. I you know i had thought about i mean because Obviously, everybody talked about Phil Knight, uh, you know, the Northwest, and they talk about, uh, of course, Washington being a Nike school. But so Stanford, I think most <laughs> almost everybody in the Pac-12 is now, um, you know, looking at that Stanford, because you mentioned something. And this is something that we don't really or I feel like we've overlooked as of late, ever since, you know, West Virginia um, was applying to get into the ACC. And when Louisville did get in there, we've seen kind of a shift. And I'm not trying to uh, take digs at any universities at, at all here. But the reality is, some conferences put academics a little bit higher than than other conferences do, and uh, with Stanford, you know, or excuse me, with the Pac-12 in general, um, they have that situation of, as you said, Mark, you know, do they want? Would Pac-12 schools want to bring in a Texas Tech and an Oklahoma State as much as the Big 12 would be like? Yeah, we'll take Arizona, Arizona State, and it certainly doesn't seem that way. And Stanford academically, just obviously matches up way better there in the Big Ten, and there's, you know, there's been rumors, there's been talk, but, you know, we, just like everybody else, you know, Mark and I are kind of sitting here just watching the show unfold, and it's certainly wild, and again, we're talking to uh, Mark Narducci of the Hero Sports, and I I wanted to get your opinion, what, actually, I keep saying one last thing, I just gotta gnaw your ear off here, Mark, Uh, we got those new six coming in, you know, uh, they're they vary, I'll say, in name quality. It's just the the only way to put it. Uh, but, you know, looking at those, you got uh, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, FAU, and UAB. Of those six, who do you think is going to be able to make the transition to the American uh, the most seamless?
1: Um, I think UTSA and UAB because, you know, if you look at it in Conference USA, in, in their preseason poll often, UTSA was first, UAB was second, and, and I know, I think you mentioned this on your show that UAB has really put a lot into the football program recently. So I, I think that those, those two teams will, will be, will be the teams. I think Charlotte is kind of a dark horse because, you know, it's a very good high school football area, oh, yeah. and, 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 and I think that, uh, as you said, it's so important. All these universities have to step up their game financially, to make commitments to, to that. So, so I think they, but I do think UTSA and UAB are, are number one and two as far as you know. If we're talking football,
0: oh, absolutely, I gotta agree with you. Especially UTSA. I mean, what what they've done and, and their fan base, and it, it's just been growing so rapidly. I think they're gonna be a great fit here in the American, of course. Uh, with them being a city school, too, uh, even though they are part of the UT system. uh, San Antonio, I think, fits here into the American. Uh, A lot to be excited about with those schools coming in. A lot of change. And, I mean, there's just no other way, but there's going to be a lot of change, folks. But strap in. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, it was always fun having you here on the show, Mark. Uh, Before we let you go, any last things you want to tell listeners, especially uh, in regards to how they can find your content?
1: Yeah, see, here's sports.com. They, they do a lot of Group of Five and, and uh, FCS, um material, and I I would just recommend going on it. There is a ton of content on there, um, and and obviously we'll, we'll be doing a bunch on the AAC. We have a couple of articles already up there on that. So um, yeah, if you like college football and you like these uh, the Group of Five teams, uh, there will be a lot of really, good, insightful stuff. Uh, there'll be a weekly top 10 that they're going to do uh, mm-hmm. among group of five schools. So just just a lot of stuff. It's exciting. And you know, Austin, um, so many people do a great job covering the Alabamas of the world and people like that. And it's sort of like the group of five that once, sometimes gets a little lost in the shuffle. So it's good to see. Shows like yours that are uh, dedicated to that, and, and people like Hero Sports that are doing that as well.
0: Absolutely, Mr. Mark Narducci. Always a pleasure. Be sure to go check him out over there at Hero Sports. And you know, he's absolutely right. Uh, you know, these conferences, these schools—it's not just the American. Uh, frankly, deserve more respect, deserve more coverage. And uh, I'm I'm absolutely passionate about covering the American. It's it's, it's a great lead to cover. And I think a lot of that might be due to the fans. It it gets reflected back. You know, they show display their passion week in and week out for their schools. And I I see that. gets me excited about their schools, about these teams, about covering them. I I don't know. It certainly gets me going. Folks, uh, we got to get going to our last break of the show. And then we're right back here on the AAC Daily. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on the Best College Sports News Network after this. And folks, welcome back to the AAC Daily on the Best College Sports News Network. As we wrap things up here on the tail end of the show, we we ran long, and that was 100 my fault uh with Mark. As I as I said at the top of the show, we're still finding our, our pacing here uh in week zero. Uh, we're not we're we're supposed to be keeping things down to 30 minutes, but we're not. You know, they're not being super hard on us at the moment about uh, keeping everything constrained uh, within that time limit. It's it's more like just learning, but same as uh, over on the Big Twelve Daily. If you don't know, we're doing that one as well, and there, we're only fifteen minutes over there this week. So, uh, and by the way, we we got, we did get a lot of questions from uh, Big because we have a lot of crossover listeners as well, AAC fans and Big Twelve fans, especially with uh, the schools moving. With somebody, I, I don't know what fan base this person was from. I couldn't tell from the uh, avatar or anything on Twitter, but they were like, "Why is the Big Twelve only only fifteen minutes this week?" And I'm like. For starters, it's season five of the AAC Daily. I mean, there, this is a, you know, I don't know how else it. it's an established show. It's a show that's been around for a while. There is, there were tools in place with the Big 12 Daily. And, and this, we weren't trying to make the Big 12 any kind of second rate citizen to the AAC at all. That was not the goal. It was just that, uh, there, you have to populate the, the podcast, the shows, the, uh, the links. You got to get a lot of stuff registered. I know they had to do stuff with, uh, Apple, Android, all that jazz—that stuff's above my head. But I mean, they got to get all that stuff done in during week one. Uh, I know there's certain outlets that still don't—they're still not even carrying the, the replay of the Big 12 daily each day because it hasn't been set out yet. So trust me, it's not that we're trying to put the AAC, uh, you know, way ahead of the Big 12 or anything. It's just that right now the AAC daily—it's the, the more established program. It's—it have several seasons in the books. Uh, we had everything ready to go forward, our connections, of course, within the conference, as well as uh, the show being ready to go and populated on different podcast outlets. Uh, the Big 12 Daily, not so much. But it will be, uh, they will be at, a, we will be, excuse me, at a full 30-minute episode uh, each day, just like the AAC Daily, next week with uh, all new guests and everything. Uh, and promise, equal to equal time for Big 12. Equal time, I promise you guys. Uh, but looking at the uh, AAC since it's the AAC Daily, um, I know everybody's a little hungry for football. We 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 all are. Mark, Mark, we were talking before we uh when we went on air about the upcoming season. And seriously, I am excited about this uh, upcoming season. And this weekend, we do have some game. We do we have uh, at least Charlotte and FAU. I mean, I, I'm counting them. There might as well be AAC schools like uh like the commissioner said when he was here on Monday. He's you know people started considering. Suddenly Houston is this different school. Suddenly UCF is this an adder, these different schools because they have big 12 invites. Uh, well, fine. If everybody else is going to do that for them, I'm going to do it for the incoming six here. So let's go ahead and take a real quick look at uh Charlotte FAU. They've got quite a history between those two. And this is considering, this is one of my favorite things about Charlotte. The program is only 10 years old. The, the football team is only 10 years old. I, I, they haven't been around that long. It, it I just, I like that. There's something about it because they're, they're fans, and I've, I've said this on the show before, uh, like UCF fans. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying Charlotte fans, I like UCF fans. But they are loud, they're vocal, uh, for the most part, in very positive manners. Uh, not that I haven't had any negative interactions. I was thinking sometimes uh, UCF fans a little angry. But uh the, the Charlotte fans are really loud and it's the three fan bases, I keep saying this, uh Charlotte, UTSA, UAB. And of course, uh Mark brought them up too, UTSA and UAB, as well as the potential that Charlotte has, uh, now with all their investments, uh, those three are the the ones that we're most excited about. Uh I'm you know, uh I'm I'm on the fence about price. <laughs> Sorry. But uh North Texas, uh Luttrell, I've liked what he's been doing down there for a while. And it's just there's a lot to be excited about for these schools but looking real quick at Charlotte and FAU in particular and this is kind of a shame because this uh this is a guy who I don't think AAC fans are to get barring some crazy situation and I really don't want this to happen because it would require an injury uh but we won't get to to see Chris Reynolds the uh, quarterback for the Charlotte 49ers here in the American athletic Conference because he's a red shirt uh senior I don't believe he I don't I don't think he has his uh COVID year, uh, still available to, him. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, he's been, he, you know, one of those guys that is garnering national attention, probably, uh, the, one of the most noticed quarterbacks, I would say, at least in Conference USA, uh, heading into this season. I mean, name a, name a watch list. And the guy's on the, uh, every year he, he was on a, a, another watch list, had a great season last year, uh, passed for nearly 8,000 yards in his career, at Charlotte, uh, nearly uh, oh, what sixty-two touchdowns? Uh, thank you. They've got it up on my screen. Uh, he's I mean, the guy has has done a great job. He's not going to be there for the American, but he will be there this season for those 49ers fans. And you know, he was busy all summer working at the uh, the Manning Passing Academy. He was there as a as, not as a participant. He was actually the a, a, a trainer, counselor. What do you call it? it's like a summer camp, right? He was a camp counselor at the Manning Summer Camp where the kids told stories and ate s'mores. <laughs> There's the music. Okay, we got to get out of here first, real quick. I'm just going to go ahead and run through this preview until Julian turns the volume all the way up. Uh, last year, FAU rolled Charlotte at home 38-9, but this is a much different team. As I mentioned, you got Chris Reynolds there, quarterback, leading that Charlotte offense. And FAU, while they they did pick up some, uh, some good players there in the transfer portal, but... They got very questionable secondary, very questionable line. A lot of questions there on defense for FAU. It looks like this one's going to go to Charlotte. We'll have more details as we head into the weekend. Don't forget, you can catch that one when it airs on CBSSN. That's the CBS Sports Network at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on August 27th. And that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks again to Mr. Mark Narducci. Go ahead and check him out over there at Heroes Sports And uh, as for myself, Julianne, Craig, and everybody here at the AAC Daily, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back here on the Best College Sports News Network tomorrow.